the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 62 CP, Bayonet Point, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. And this is a great principle of growth. Growth is we take off what's wrong and we put on what's right. You take, take off the, the behavior that's wrong, repent of something, and do what's right today. So Nehemiah didn't just say to them, listen, stop what you're doing. He said, give back to them. Stop what you're doing. You're being unloving, and now you need to be loving and give them back what you took from them. Great truth. On the little island where I live, the English-speaking people use some different terminology. A neighbor lady was just finishing hanging up her laundry and said she was going inside to haul off and haul on. I didn't know what that meant, so she explained that she was going to go take off her sweaty clothes and put on fresh ones. When we wrong someone, it's not enough just to stop what we are doing. We need to do our best to make it right again. The two actions are connected just like the two stages of the process of changing out of dirty clothes. Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve is taking us on a verse-by-verse trip through the book of Nehemiah. In rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, Nehemiah faced plenty of obstacles. Not only did he need to overcome external opposition and threats, there was also the need to deal with dissension in the ranks. Many people were complaining, and their complaints were justified. If you have your Bible, turn to Nehemiah chapter 5, and let's listen to the conclusion of Pastor Steve's three-part message telling how Nehemiah dealt with internal conflicts. So first of all, listen. Really listen. Listen to all sides. Listen to the other side. Secondly, deal with the real root issue. What does their speech reveal? Is Is it your sin? then what do you do if you're wrong and you confess it and you ask them to forgive you and you ask God to forgive you? Is it their sin? And you lovingly point it out to them and uh, you, you deal with that. Scripture tells us to do that. Is it someone else's sin? Then you know what you do? You tell them to go to that other person and do what Matthew 18 verse 15 says. If you if someone sins against you, then go to them and tell them. Now, that's very that's very important. What should you do? And and we have this all the time when someone comes to you with a problem about somebody else. You know, I don't like the music. David, I just use this as an illustration, wherever you are. (laughs) I don't like the music minister. It's too loud. It's too low. It's too. And and you tell other people, what should you do? You know, let me tell you what to do the next time someone comes to you. They may say, I don't like the preacher. And that's that's I should probably have used that as an illustration. Or I don't like this. Well, the best thing to do is to tell them that Matthew 18, verse 15 says, don't go to me. You go to them 
And you tell them, and you say, yeah, but I've done that, but, but you might not have done this. This is a new thing I'm going to tell you. You say, you know, um, I'm going to call you in 48 hours to make sure that you've done this. Because uh, if you don't do that, then you're just kind of adding to their sin. You're adding to their sin. That's where gossip begins. That's where negative talk begins. That's where splits begin. So-and-so tells so-and-so about their problem. Listen, I hear that a lot. So now you have something to do. I'm going to call you in 48 hours, and I'll make sure that you did this. Then they'll probably say, well, I really don't dislike him that much, you know. But but, uh, no, they've already said what what they mean. Now, in Nehemiah's case, he went to speak to the guilty ones, probably because the people weren't getting any results, which leads to a second step in biblically resolving the conflict. The first is identify what what is the conflict? What's the real problem? In this case, it wasn't economic pressures. In this case... There are people exploiting other people. So the first thing, you identify what is the, the problem. They violated the word of God. The second step is address the conflict. Now that you know what it is, you got, you got to deal with it. And that's what Nehemiah does in verse 7. In verse 7, we read, And I consulted with myself and contended with the nobles and the rulers and said to them, You are exacting usury, that is charging interest, each from his brother. Therefore, I held a great assembly against them. Even though Nehemiah was angry, at the greed and lack of compassion of the Jewish leaders, you know what? He didn't take immediate action. He didn't blow his stack. He didn't start chewing them out. Instead, the scripture says, I consulted within myself. That's a great verse. Every person ought to understand, especially every leader in the church ought to understand, I consulted within myself. In other words, he thought before he spoke. That's what he means. He thought before he spoke, even though he was mad, he got a handle on his emotions and he didn't blurt out the first thing that came to his mind. But he thought about the problem so he could address it in a godly way. And what was that godly way? What is the way? Well, verse seven says that after he consulted with himself, he contended with the nobles, the rules. He said to them, you're exacting usury each from his brother. Therefore, I held a great assembly against them. He confronted them with their sin. That's what he did. He thought about it. How am I going to say this so that it's a proper way? of putting it, but then he charged them with violating the law of Moses by charging interest to their brethren. Now, notice what what Nehemiah did. This is very important. He told them the truth about their behavior. There's a novel thought. He told them the truth about their behavior. That's the way to address an internal disunity problem. Just speak the truth. But so many Christians don't. People who say they believe in the Bible, they, they don't. And I'll tell you, there are several reasons why uh, Christians don't do this. None of these are valid. But here's some of the reasons, and maybe you've had some of these reasons. One reason is, well, it's judging. It's rebuking people, and we're told not to judge. Well, I want you to know we're, we're not told not to judge. We're told not to judge a certain way, but we are told to reprove people. Do you realize that? Reprove the brethren. Uh, in Second Timothy, in Second Timothy chapter 3, Paul says that all Scripture, in verse 16, all Scripture is inspired of God. We believe that. And he says it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. You say, but that's not for me. That's for the guy in the pulpit. No, that's for you. If all Scripture is inspired, and is it profitable for you? Sure. If it's profitable for you, then it's profitable for teaching, for reproof. For correction, it means, and not just me, any one of us, all believers, ought to be reproving others, correcting others. That the man of God, he says, may be adequate, equipped for every good work. And then notice, 
We turn over to the, the next chapter. He says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his approaching or appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. We're all to be doing this. This is not simply for a teacher. All of us are to be reproving. The word of God is given for all of us to do those things as we minister to one another. So someone also might say, but, you know, who am I to approach someone about their sin when I've got so much in my life? And so that in that polite way of just getting off the hook, you know, and if you follow that to its uh, logical conclusion, no one would ever approve anybody else because we're not perfect until we go to be with the Lord. So nobody can obey the scriptures on this. Well, what does the Bible say? Matthew chapter seven, which is a verse people use for saying we shouldn't judge. They also used to say uh, about my sin. But Matthew chapter seven answers that. Do not judge lest you be judged, Jesus said. For in the way you judge, you'll be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. So people just stop there and say, say, not supposed to do it. I can't be judging. It's ju- And by the way, judging here is simply saying this is wrong. It's not evaluating the heart. It's not looking at motivation saying you're wrong. You violated the word. But people don't want to read further. Jesus said, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Then he goes on to say, or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold, the log is in your own eye. So some people might say, see, I'm not supposed to take the speck out of the right. No, he didn't say that. In verse five, he said, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, deal with your own sin, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. We're supposed to take the, take the speck out of our brother's eye, which means we're supposed to judge their sin. We're supposed to say you're wrong. But first, we deal with our own sin. We deal with our own sin. Someone might say, but you know, it's so unloving to tell somebody that they've sinned. I'm, I'm just a, a loving person, and I don't want to make them feel bad. Well, Proverbs 27, verse 6 says that faithful are the wounds of a friend. Hey, it's a friend who tells you the truth. The verse goes on to say, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. It's someone who really doesn't love you who will say, you're okay, I'm okay. But someone who really loves you will say, you're wrong. And I care so much about you, I'm going to tell you you're wrong because the best thing in life for you is to be walking with the Lord. And you're not because of this of the sin. The purpose of Matthew 18, 15, by the way, is to bring about reconciliation. You don't just confront somebody because they bugged you. It's because your fellowship is broken and their fellowship is broken with Jesus Christ in the sin and you want that restored. Uh, love does what's best for the other person and what's best is to confront them about their sin. Ephesians 4.15 says, speaking the truth in love. You will never resolve a conflict unless you address it honestly. You will never resolve it. And call it what it is. Call it sin. Don't give it a clinical name which just removes responsibilities. And uh, what you need to do is bring the scriptures to bear upon it. Otherwise, there won't be any repentance. And that's what you want. You say, but it's, it's awkward. I know it's awkward. I know it's awkward. But is it the right thing to do? Sure, it's the right thing to do. And that's what Nehemiah was really doing. That's what he was after, repentance. He wanted them to be shamed into repentance. If a person doesn't recognize they're wrong, they can never get right. If it's not their fault, as, as people are prone to, to say, then they never can, can address it. They never can solve it. And that's where we move to the next step, the third step in resolving an internal conflict. First of all, identify it. Then address it. Call it sin. Don't rationalize it away. Don't give it a clinical name, which removes responsibility. But third thing is solve it. Now, how do you solve it? 
Uh, let's read verses 8 through 13, which tells us how Nehemiah solved it. Verses 8 through 8 through 13. I said to them, we, according to our ability, have redeemed our Jewish brothers who were sold to the nations. Now, would you even sell your brothers that they may be sold to us? Then they were silenced and could not find a, a word to say. Again, I said, the thing which you are doing is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the nations, our enemies? And likewise, uh, I, my brothers and my servants are lending them money and grain. Please let us give off this. Let us leave off this usury. Please give back to them this very day their fields, their vineyards, their olive groves, their houses. Also the hundredth part of the money and the grain, the new wine and the oil that you are exacting from them. Then they said, we'll give it back and we'll require nothing from them. We'll do exactly as you say. So I called the priests and they, I took an oath from them that they would do according to this promise. I also took out the front of my garment and said, thus may God shake out every man from his house and from his possessions who does not fulfill his promise. Even thus may he be shaken out and emptied. And all the assembly said, amen. And they praised the Lord. Uh, then the people did according to this promise. Now, in these verses, Nehemiah solves the conflict by leading the officials who were charging interest into uh, repentance and a change of behavior. Uh, these are these are several truths that help us to know how to specifically tangibly solve uh, a conflict. The first thing we need to do is to ask ourselves, why do we want this solved in the first place? Is it to make life a little more comfortable around the home? Is it uh, to make it a little more uh, uh, better for us? Uh, is it to make economics a little better? No. Uh, in verses eight and nine, tremendous thing. Uh, Nehemiah says, we, according to our ability, we've redeemed our Jewish brothers who were sold into the nations, and now you're selling your, your brothers and we have to redeem them again. What, what does he mean by that? And I'm going to show you the principle in this. Nehemiah called them to stop their behavior, not because it was hurting the community economically, not because of anything else, but notice the end of verse 9. He says the thing, or I'll read verse 9, the thing which you are doing is not good. Why is it not good? Should you not walk, he says, in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the nations, our enemies. That's the bottom line. That's the real reason. Why do you want this resolved? Well, let me tell you what was happening. What these verses mean is that over the years, many Jewish people have been sold as slaves to Gentiles. And Nehemiah was in the habit of purchasing them back. He was giving money to get them back from uh, uh, Gentiles. But what was happening in Jerusalem is that some of the wealthy Jewish people were taking the Jewish slaves they owned and selling them to the Gentiles, and Nehemiah was buying them back. And that's ridiculous, a vicious cycle. And so what, what he is saying here is that this was a horrible testimony to the Gentile neighbors. Horrible testimony of Jewish brotherhood and love. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob, who was being ridiculed by the Gentiles because the, the Jewish people had no love and concern for themselves, for each other. You see, the reason that uh, internal conflicts in a home or a church need to be resolved is because it affects our testimony for Jesus Christ. You really are secondary in this issue. It affects our testimony for Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 13, they'll know that we are his disciples by what? Our love. Our love. The world has a right to, to view how we get along with one another. What do you think the world thinks when churches split? I'll tell you what they think. They think, I'm not going there. I'm better off without that group. How could they possibly have genuine Christianity if that's the way they treat one another? 
What do you think the world thinks of when believers get divorced because they can't get along with one another? Well, I mean, what, what, what do you think goes through their minds? There must be nothing to Christianity. It obviously didn't work in their lives. We have no message to give the world about love and forgiveness if we just can't demonstrate in our own lives. We have no message to give. We are to be different. We are to be distinct. You see, distinctiveness is not that you just get up on a soapbox and tell them what you believe. Distinctiveness is that you live out the truths of the word of God. You tell them what you believe also, but you live it out. So the reason you want to resolve the conflict is for the right motive, not to make life more uh, a little easier for you, not to make peace for the sake of peace, but for the sake of the testimony of Jesus Christ. Secondly, notice verses 10 and 11. Likewise, I, my brothers, my servants are lending them money. And again, please let us leave off this usury. Please give back to them this very day, uh, this fields and all that. And he goes on. We just read it. He says, give them back what you've taken from them. The second thing to do to solve this conflict is in these verses, Nehemiah told them what they needed to do. He said that he was loaning money. You say, aha, he was wrong. No, it was not wrong to loan money. It was wrong to loan money to someone who was Jewish and to charge them interest. If you were Jewish, you were not to do that to a fellow countryman. But loaning money was not wrong. In fact, it, it helped them out. But what he says is, but listen, that's not what you've done. You've got to give back all that you've taken from them. I'm doing a loving thing. I'm helping them out. You're not. Give them back. But notice, he says, give them back today. Verse 11 says, give, please give back to them this very day. What's the principle here? Correct the sin now. For God's glory, for his testimony is the first thing, the motivation. Second thing is do it now. This very day. Do it today. Stop what you're doing and start doing it today. When you are aware of a sin, that something is wrong between you and somebody else, something is wrong in your own life, don't sleep on it because your heart is in danger of being hardened. Uh, you will think of all kinds of reasons tomorrow why that conviction wasn't so sharp. You'll think of all kinds of reasons. You'll get callous to God's reproof. And in the end, you'll, you'll just end up tolerating it and excusing it. When the Spirit of God convicts you of something specifically violated in the Word of God, deal with it today. And this is a great principle of growth. Growth is we take off what's wrong and we put on what's right. You take, take off the, the behavior that's wrong, repent of something, and do what's right today. So Nehemiah didn't just say to them, listen, stop what you're doing. He said, give back to them. Stop what you're doing. You're being unloving, and now you need to be loving and give them back what you took from them. Great truth. So the first thing we do is we solve the problem for Christ's reputation. The second thing is we make changes now because obedience has an urgency to it. The third thing to solve a problem, an internal problem, is found in verses 12 and 13. You know what he did? He said, all right, you're going to promise the people. said, we'll promise to do this. Nehemiah said, okay, that's good. I'm going to bring in the priest. You make a promise in front of them. You make it to God and you make it in front of all the people. And if you don't do it, he said, I'm going to, I, I, he said, he shook out his garments in a symbolic way saying, if you don't do it, God's going to shake you out like this and, and judge you. What's the principle here? The way to solve an internal conflict and internal disunity problem is to hold people accountable before God and others. That's exactly what Nehemiah was doing, holding them accountable. When you're dealing with a sin issue in your life, let me give you some, some counsel here. It is good to let someone else know about it. It's good to let another Christian know about it. It's good to share it publicly. It's good to share it in church, in, in a Sunday school class perhaps, in a Bible study group. You know why? This helps to motivate you 
to follow through on what you said you're going to do. It's good to, to set up an accountability relationship with someone else who has enough love for you to say, if you fail in that, in that sin, they're, they're going to remind you that God's going to shake you out and spank you and, and deal with you in discipline. So that's how you, you solve it. You do it for Christ's sake. You do it now and you have people hold you accountable. So, very practical message. What we've learned today is very practical. You have learned some very tangible ways to deal with the conflicts that you have. Now you have to put that into, into uh, practice. In a marriage, in a relationship, in a friendship, in a church, Sunday school class, youth group, school, work, you name it, anywhere where people are. Will you identify the sin, number one? Will you identify it? What really is the issue? Then will you address it? And don't excuse it. Will you address it honestly and in love? even if it's awkward. I mean, the real issue is, do you want to please Christ or do you want to please those people? If you want to please people, you can't live the Christian life. If you want to please God, then you can. And will you solve it by putting it in the context of the Lord's reputation, not your convenience, make the changes, put off what's wrong, put on what's right, and then hold them accountable to God and to others. It's really not that hard. The issue is, are you going to do it? Let's bow for prayer. Some of us may be living at a very, very superficial level in our Christian lives, in relationships. You've just lived like that for so long, you think it's normal. I'm here to tell you it's not normal. It's not what the Bible teaches. Now, you can go on like that. You can go on like that, but it'll be wrong. It's sinful. You might think, but I was raised like that. Well, that's why I share with you how I was raised. It doesn't matter how we're raised. What matters is that we're now in the family of God, and this is the way our Heavenly Father raises us to deal with these issues. Some of you may need to repent, go to somebody, resolve things. Do it today. Do it today. Tomorrow, that edge of conviction may be not as sharp. You may begin to rationalize. And the scripture says that, the, that Satan himself comes and snatches the word away. If you're convicted, do something about it. Do something about it. Amen. Don't let time and the wiles of the devil harden your heart to the conviction you may be sensing right now over some sin issue in your life. Take action right now and discover the freedom that comes from obedience to Christ and living a life that honors him. This wraps up Pastor Steve Kreloff's three-part message from the book of Nehemiah dealing with interpersonal conflicts in a godly way. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, and you're listening to Verse by Verse. These daily radio Bible classes are a part of that expository or Verse by Verse teaching ministry. It's brought to you by Verse by Verse Ministries. Another important ministry at Lakeside is Lakeside Christian School, one of the finest schools in the area if you want your children in an academic environment with a biblical worldview. You can learn more at their website, lakesidechristianschool.org, or you can call the office at 727-461-3311. If you would like to listen again to today's program, visit our website, versebyverseradio.org 
you can listen online or download the audio file for later. If you click the link to the archives page, you will be able to choose from hundreds of our previous classes. Another important link at the website is a page dedicated to a biblical perspective on giving. We have also included on that page information to help you if God is leading you to support this ministry. Here's another phone number, 727-239-0306. Now that's the number to call if you want to order a cassette or CD with the entire message that Pastor Steve concluded today. Leave a daytime phone number if you call outside of business hours, and we'll call you back. That number again is 727-239-0306. Several years ago, the Rockdale County High School Bulldogs won the Georgia State Basketball Championship. Later, watching films of the playoffs, Coach Cleveland Stroud noticed an ineligible player on the court for about 45 seconds. He reported the violation to the Georgia High School Association, and that, of course, cost him and his team the championship. When he was asked about it at a press conference, Coach Stroud said, Some people have said that we should have kept quiet about it, that it was just 45 seconds, and that the player wasn't really an impact player. But you got to do what's honest and right. I told my team that people forget the scores of basketball games. They don't ever forget what you're made of. We talk a lot about the importance of integrity. Everyone wants the people around them to be honest. But honesty is usually easier said than done. One of the exceptional characteristics of Nehemiah... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.